mercy and grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan, Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 313. It's the, what, wait, what's shit? What's the name of the word that's the back, same forward and palindrome? Back, palindrome! It's a palindrome <laughs> every episode! Time. Every, every time. Every single time. <laughs> I keep wanting to go onomatopoeia, but then I know onomatopoeia is not the right word. Anyway, no. this is There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. Somehow I wasn't ready, even though we were literally talking. Yeah, we were. Uh, today we're watching. Stargate Atlantis, yes. season five, yes. episode 16, yes. Brainstorm, yeah, yeah, yeah. a.k.a. what must have been Nixie's favorite episode in the whole world ever. Uh-huh. That's all I have. That's, listen, all I- it, Y'all imagine this young Nixie squealing at the television. Uh, listen, I know that this is not the point of this episode. However, my a.k.a. is still Bill, 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 Bill. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye checks math equations. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Um, Freeze Lightning's another good one. Freeze Lightning is is a good one. Um, I know she doesn't sing this one, but I feel like, you know, because Olivia Newton-John just passed. I got chills, oh, my multiplying. Oh, freeze Lightning. <laughs> um, how was your week? My week went by real fast. Oh, yeah. My week went by real fast. Same, same, same. Like, I'm trying to process what I did this week. Yeah, we were just talking off mic a little bit about how we were super busy and yet nothing got done. I know. It was a fun work week. It was a fun work week. I, I did some sewing. I did some quilting. Um, There was there was a show that we watched. And I, oh, we watched Prey. Oh, the Predator thing? The Predator one. Kaylee Thor. Favorite movie, I think. She sat there and watched, I'm not kidding you, over 80% of the film on my lap that's watching she the screen. Is a, she's like, that's me, mommy. That is her. I'm a monster. She is a monster. I think in her head, that's what she thinks she is. I will also say that um, for those of you who have watched the film, there is a character, and I forget I forget the doggo's name, but there is a mm. doggo. And Prey? There is a doggo in Prey. Yes. Uh, Kaylee's a big fan, and this is not a spoiler, but because I know you, and I know you'd be worried. I was about to ask. The dog is fine. Okay, good. They I do not about to ask. That's fine. There is a wolf that's not as fortunate. Okay, okay. Um, but the doggo is fine. All right. So I feel like I know it's a mild spoiler, but it's an important one for you going in. N- yes, especially lately, a lot of doggos in our life. I know hard times. Um, not none of our personal none of ones. Ours. Nobody worry. Nobody none worry. Of, none of ours. Um, doggo adjacents are getting doggo older adjacents. and maybe moving out soon. Yes, they're moving on to college. Um, but uh, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I. <laughs> <laughs> I have to share this because I think it was really funny how yeah. it went down. So I think it was after the record of this episode. Yes. Um, the following morning, I had a rare, like, three-hour block uh-huh. of time where I didn't have to do anything. Oh. Which we know that is very rare for me. And you just sat there frozen? So, no. So I messaged you and Brother Matt and yeah. said... I'm going to watch the Uncharted oh, movie. Oh, that, that point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember this now. And mm-hmm, Brother mm-hmm. Matt said, I don't know that you should do that sober. 
And I went, I'm here now. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you were I not. texted in all caps and I just went, no. <laughs> so that abomination yeah. of a film mm-hmm. is not canon. It's not part of the nope. Uncharted lore. Does this this is Crystal Skull level for me. Yeah, I get it. I it's, do listen. I, I understand that I am I am someone who's never played the games. Sure. Um I I just blanked on his name. Nathan Drake? The, no, Sully? the actor. Tom Holland? Yes. Uh-huh. Listen, Tom Holland's a fucking delight in anything he's in. Yeah. Um as someone who has never seen Uncharted, I've never played Uncharted, has watched people play Uncharted but like not paid attention to uh characterizations Story? or stories. It was a delightful romp that is pure eye candy. Like, turn your brain off and enjoy it. Yeah. That being said, I yeah, I wonder if if somebody had just put the movie on and not yeah, and I didn't know it was uncharted. Yes. If it would have been fun, maybe. But for now, I'm gonna borrow a phrase that husband Jesse said. He goes, "It feels like someone's wearing the face of my loved one." So I get this because this is my entire problem with Star Trek Discovery that I've said multiple times. It's a fantastic science fiction series, but it's not Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. And so I have and I can totally get it because I have this really hard time separating Star Trek Discovery and enjoying it as a science fiction show. Yeah. And because it says Star Trek on it. Yeah. So I can see an uncharted film because it's something it's something you were obviously passionate about. I I will say that there was a delight. I imagine brother Matt had this too but yeah. because he's in a text chain it's harder to see it. But husband Jesse was like delighted to see me actually give this much shits about something uh-huh. <laughs> because I don't think I've cared this much about anything in a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so in the best way possible, I had feelings. It got you to feel something. To feel feelings. So that was nice. Um, I also bought a leaf blower because I'm a grown up. Yes. And that was really exciting. Um, I did a, a 7 a.m. Home Depot run. Listen. Just me and everyone's dad. Listen, listen. Important things are important. And they're loafers and socks. <laughs> this reminds me of another important thing that happened this week. Oh, yeah. It was someone, Fuzzy, who is currently sitting at my feet licking my legs. Mm-hmm. Kaylee Thor turned eight years old. <gasps> She's a big girl. And for her birthday. She loves her mama. For, for her birthday, she got a backpack. And America, too. She not, likes this song. Not for her, mm-hmm. mind you. Not for Kaylee Thor to wear. Yeah. But for me to wear a of Kaylee her. Thor on my back, you, exactly like Yoda. Pack. And she surprisingly is loving it. She kind of does love it. I did get to witness this. We, I didn't. I thought there would be like a process and training and it would take a couple weeks. Nah, she was like, zip me up, mama. Let's go for a ride. I, I think it fits into the narrative that I've decided for her where she's just an aging Broadway diva. Yeah. So she's like, yes, where's my palanquin? <laughs> exactly. What is it? What's the word that I can't say? Palanquin? Palanquin? Don't, if you can't palanquin. pronounce it, don't ask me to. Yes, this is her version of a palanquin. Yeah. She's like, yes, humans carry me everywhere. Exactly. My feet are too precious to touch these floors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, she she's like, I want to be up tall. I want to be where, where the, the humans are. are. Yeah. Uh, I'm also watching Sandman like everybody else in the whole wide world. We, yes. As a fan, longtime fan of of the graphic novels, and also if you haven't listened to the audiobook, 
Holy yeah, hell. I haven't, I haven't done it up. Um, I know it says audiobook, but it's, it's an, a radio it's play. It's an audio drama, yeah. It's a radio play. Um, the Netflix series is a bit of a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that was a weird choice. Yeah. Oh, that was really cool. Oh, that, <laughs> and that was, okay, that was fine. That was fine. Oh, that was interesting. Like, yeah. that's what it's like if you're a pre-existing fan of the series. It's very different, and I will liken it to your Hitchhiker's Guide thing. Yeah, exactly. Because it does work. There are so, I finally hit one change that I didn't just think was interesting. It was like, oh, that's good. So my, my Hitchhiker's Guide sort of theory, it's not really a theory, but Hitchhiker's Guide is... No- not notorious, but well known for there's multiple versions. There's the book, there's a TV show, there's a BBC radio drama. Every iteration. every iteration is different. They're all accurate. They just um, they alter to to work with the strengths of whatever media they're in. Yeah. And so I'm I honestly have not read. Um, I know it's blasphemy. I've not read the Sandman comic. I've not heard the audio play. Um, I of though exist in nerd culture, so I know I knew the basis and the plot. Yeah, of Sandman. Yeah, because I exist. It's our different, you know, area <laughs> areas of fandoms and yeah. things, and it makes sense because it's less sci-fi and it's more this like weird, interesting spiritual slash religious slash. Which I'm also here for. Yeah. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It, I I will say this: I have not missed reading Sandman out of lack of interest. Sure. I have not read Sandman because there's too much other shit that I want to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, if I'm going to pick something Neil Gaiman, I have the the Norse mythology book that I read That's what I mean. Everyone's got a wheelhouse, (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Let me bring back... Oh, oh, wait, hold up. Oh, yay. We've been talking so long about non-Stargate things that computers fell asleep. Yep. Thankfully, this one's still active. Yep, my computer not just fell asleep, but is making me log in again. Give me a second. <laughs> um, but anyway, if anybody wants to talk about uh, Lucifer in the Netflix version with me, I am down for this. Okay, bye. I love her so much. Well, I was very weary mm-hmm. because the character has a very different role. Okay. and Not very different. A different level of screen time, if you will. Gotcha. And so I was like, they're just doing this because it's Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. <sighs> they're going to ruin it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. And then I went, oh, that was cool. And Gwendolyn Christie's awesome. That was it? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt she's awesome. No. But don't change the story because it, anyway. Anyway. One thing made it very cool. Yeah. Give me one second because I forgot to write down the date. So let me go check this super quick while I fill so that my page will load. Just keep vamping. Just keep vamping. November 21st, 2008. I was going to tell him about my grocery store run, but we'll save that. Okay. Written and directed by Martin Garrow. Who I guess is obviously fans, friends, not fans, obviously a fan too, because who isn't, but sure. obviously friends with Bill Nye, because he's also in Blind Spot. Nice. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't think of that. Is our fa- one of our favorites, Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Plays her dad, her character's dad. Now I Bill re- Nye plays her character's dad. Yeah, Patterson's okay. dad. And I now want to rewatch it just for Ashley Johnson and Bill Nye. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I will someday watch that show. Today is not that day. I might just like watch 
a Patterson rewatch. Run. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. There are three obvious major guest stars oh, yeah. in this episode. I could go on for a long time about each of them. Let's start with the first one we meet. The one who isn't playing himself, mm. Mr. Dave Foley. The kid in the hall himself. Canadian comedic le- like royalty yeah. legends. Obviously best known for Kids in the Hall. Also News Radio. Also uh, recently I loved watching him on Last One Laughing Canada edition. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that show. It's real good. If uh, you want to see, like, it's... The, the best part is, like, him and Tom Green... And, uh, um, um, oh, crap, uh, Colin Mockery. Oh, yeah, that sounds like trouble. It's just the three of them <laughs> trying to make each other laugh. There's Look, others, too, but let's be honest, that's who we're here for. Not to forget Dave Foley's tour de force performance as Flick in A Bug's Life. Uh, you know, I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> Because I saw Bugs Life once, and I'll be honest, I didn't realize Dave Foley was in it. Yeah, he's the main character. <laughs> I watched that movie so many times. I only watched it once. I'll tell you why. Because my niece was a baby, baby. at the time, and she absolutely loved it. <laughs> so you just watched that repeat. loved it to the point where her first word, Sandra, if you're listening, she's a full last adult now. Yeah. Her first word was bug. Bug. And it made me so happy because we were, I remember, we were shopping at a Target. Uh-huh. And I was like, look, this is Francis. It's a ladybug. Ladybug. <laughs> ladybug. <laughs> My sister's like, why are you having her say ladybug? I was like, shut up. <laughs> ladybug. <laughs> and she's like, I'm trying to teach her to say mama yeah. or something. And yeah. then she went, bug. <laughs> To this day, that kid has been her mother's bane, and it makes me happy. Um, and anytime she anytime she gets into trouble or something, she's like, I'm going to need you to talk to your child. So basically, this is my baby. And obviously was another influence on your D&D character, who is also obsessed with bugs. By the way, we leveled up, and we're very excited. Yay, level up. Okay. Um, For those of you who know or care much about D&D, I now have Gloves of Thieving and my my, uh, sleight of hand is now like plus 14. (laughs) I'm just like hoarding meta magic is what I'm doing. Um, So our second guest star is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, I know that name. It is definitely a name that many people know. He's an astrophysicist who took over, I think, as many people know him because he is was the um, narrator slash journey leader in the updated cosmos. Oh, yes. Sure. Um, So Carl Sagan, you know, nod there. I'm going to admit something. Yes. I haven't watched it because I want to watch the Carl Sagan one first, and I haven't watched that one either. Okay, well, we're going to sit down and watch Carl Sagan because, yeah. listen, I, I really like the new ones, and obviously there's some really cool effects, and they do great. There's nothing like the original I Cosmos. I don't imagine. I don't imagine. Um, yeah. So we're going to sit down and watch the original Cosmos. It's going to happen. Uh, because it makes Happened me happy. Happened sometime. Maybe so, this time. Also, for years, I listened to his podcast, Star Talk, which is actually a great oh, podcast okay. yeah. as well. He is the director of the Hayden Planetarium of many 
other, many other positions that he has. He's been all over. He's written books, many of which are on the shelves behind me. So many books. Uh, maybe not a ton of his. I have a couple. I have a number of his. Okay. I don't have them all. Not Carl Sagan levels of my collection oh, of Neil sure. deGrasse Tyson. I can see that. Listen. Well, you've got a, you're one and only. I know. Everyone else is just, uh, you know, pales to the light of Carl Sagan. However, the second place of science educators in my heart uh-huh. goes to our third guest star yep. of this episode. Let's I'm just going to admit there might be there might be there might be a couple out of there of listeners who may not be as familiar with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'll give you that, sure. you know? But there is only one and only Bill Nye the Bill, science Bill, guy. Bill Bill <laughs> Bill Nye. Are we getting to the age where there will be young people who are like, what's that? I hope not. He does have a new series coming out on Peacock soon, and I don't oh. have Peacock, and I need to find a way to watch it. I think I have Peacock. Um. Well, then I'm going to be over at your house to watch yeah. Bill Nye. Yeah. Because I'm oh, pretty yes. sure. Because I wanted to watch Parks and Rec, and so I rage purchased Peacock. Gotcha. <laughs> Listen, I am pretty sure... Bill Nye is one of the few people I would not be able to keep calm around out of pure, like, nerd excitement. I uh, would say not fangirl level, just out of pure, like... Just, I have I, so many things to talk so to about. So many things to talk about. I would not be able to stand still. I'd be, like, popping up and down jumping. It's just because, like... Yeah, you can't get it all out fast enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like your your body becomes this pinched hose. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of like things that you yes. need to share, and then yes. someone just splurts it all yes. out. That sounds that weird. sounded real bad. Yeah, I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> Anyways, um, he is an engineer, and in the '90s, he hosted a little show called Bill, Bill Nye, Nye the Science Guy, Guy. Bill, a staple. Bill, you have to throw the bills Bill, in it. Bill, Bill, Bill. Thank Bill, God we Bill put Nye pop the filters on Guy. the goddamn mics. Today. Inertia is a property of matter. <laughs> um, he is a it is a staple in. In uh, video time and science classes in schools forever. You know, if our physics teacher had made us watch Bill Nye, I would have cared more. Oh my gosh, we watched Bill Nye so often in our science classes. No, I or my chemistry. I hate. I actually like physics more than chemistry. I hated my chemistry class. I absolutely hated it. And then as an adult, I took a couple of other science classes. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking love. Chem is fun. Yeah. Well, I love like chemical. I like compounds and molecules and Mm -hmm. atoms and like, because these motherfuckers are puzzles. They are puzzles. We know how much I love puzzles. 100%. Now, obviously, I tend to skew onto the more physics side, yes, but yeah. I do love chem, I, especially when they intermix. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's what I mean. Like, fascinating. All of, these inter- all of these interactions and things and the way things come towards each other, it's all puzzles. It's all puzzles. Nobody told me they and were like, puzzles. There's giant puzzles that we don't know the answer to they yet. They just told me it was math, and I was like, gross. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Listen, that's part of the reason. Math is a reason why I'm not a physicist today. Mm-hmm. However, you know, there's a lot of physics you can do with math help. Yeah. With not focusing on the math. Uh, at least to enjoy it and understand it. You know, those philosophical sciences. Exactly. <laughs> the philosophical sciences. Yeah. Um, the soft he, sciences. <laughs> he's a mechanical engineer by trade. But Bill Nye's magic is his enthusiasm about educating. Yeah. And he is currently the CEO of the Planetary Society, 
which oh. also is a link to Carl Sagan. Um, both of these men, I absolutely applaud that they work that they do. I dream like in another life I could be at their level of educational charisma. Yeah. Like I could go on. I adore both of these 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 men. I I just man, these science educators, I love them. So here's my question. Is yeah. there any younger generations also picking up the mantle of science educators? I know there are some and I know there Unfortunately, I do not know because I am not I I sound like I'm going to sound real old, but I'm going to yeah. I'm going to age myself right now. And I'm not even that old, but you know, I am not in the social media or pop culture places where sure. younger science educators are. Yeah. I know and I just forget his name. There is there was one person that um I used we used to watch on YouTube um that I just blanked on his name. He was I think for a short time affiliated with Tested, so I'm not even going to try to, you know, name the person wrong. Um, so I know there are some out there. I don't think they have because they're not. They don't have the same platform as yeah. some of these other people have had. Um, that they're not household names. Okay, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like you know Brian Green, like Bill Nye, like Carl Sagan, and stuff like this. Um, but they're, I remember there was, okay, I found his name and I don't know if this was actually what he did. There was a guy named Kyle Hill. Yes. Kyle Hill's exactly okay. what I was talking about. Got yes. it. Yeah. Kyle but even Hill's... he's not like a young person no, anymore. No, he's our age. Yeah. Um. But he's, he's too, he's there where a yeah. younger generation is. Kyle Hill is exactly who I was talking about. Hey, he's fantastic. Hey, if you are a science educator, let us know because yeah. I know I just want to follow some and learn things. It's it's just so it's just so much fun. Kyle Hill does a bunch of cool stuff with like like Marvel and figuring out yeah. Marvel and yeah. and yeah, I it's just yeah, I just want damn. to do science experiments. We can do Remember, science experiments. We should do that more often. I've got this giant ass backyard. Yeah, we can do science experiments. We should just blow shit up. Yeah. Okay. I'm listen, well, there is someone downstairs who if you ask him to blow things up, we should blow things he's up. He's going to be here for it. I think I just channeled your D&D character. <laughs> you did. You have just channeled Sam. <laughs> You've just channeled uh Sam Ashla, my D&D character. Explosions are fun. <laughs> Explosions. Listen, are fun. she doesn't try. Sometimes she does. Most of the time she's not try she is trying to blow things up most of the time. Um <laughs> I like the way you keep trying to walk it back. Sometimes and then... the explosions are intentional. The explosions are intentional. The aftermath and the consequences yes. of them are rarely considered is yes. what it is. Sometimes she may take a long rest and be tinkering in the morning and you might be deaf for the next eight hours. She's like the kid who's like, oh, I didn't think I'd get in trouble for this. But you might also get a plus two to your perception for the right. next two hours. Right. Versus my character who's like, hey, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Bye. You don't know. Okay. You could be poisoned. You could be immune to poison. You don't know what happens when she tinkers. It's just a roll of the fucking dice, literally. Uh-huh. There's a reason she was sent off to school with- Far away. Far away with the uh, dwarves because she kept blowing up her grandparents' bedroom. Don't do that. Not intentionally. Anyway, so many guest stars. Also, the cast and crew discovered during this episode that the show was ending. 
Oh, that's a fucking bummer. We have four episodes after this until the end of Stargate no, Atlantis. No, 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 no. So, Every time you mention it, I change the subject. <laughs> we have a whole other series after this. I don't know if you've noticed it, but this one is my favorite. I this think. is so good. I love this one so this much. One is de- Look, I love SG-1. It yeah. is my first. Uh-huh. I think Atlantis is my favorite. I kind of feel the same way. There is something about the... This is going to sound weird, but, like, Atlantis is brighter? Yeah, it's a little more hopeful. Yeah, it's, like, brighter visually and tone. Oh, it is. It is is captivating. It is very captivating because we're on Atlantis, because of this space. Yeah, it's just so pretty. And they took the set from Blade Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start with more food. I mean, there's worse space to start an episode. Yay, John and Ronan are loading up their lunch trays. Jonan, if you will. Jonan. <laughs> so there's a number of people who are heading back to Earth for the vacation. And apparently, John is not one of them. No. So we've also seen he doesn't really think that there's a ton to visit there right now. Yeah, which can't blame him considering his last visit home. Yeah. yeah. Didn't go so sweet. So. Mm-hmm. You do get two weeks on Earth, but then you have five week or three weeks on the Daedalus. So that's five weeks oh. off work, and mm-hmm. apparently they only get that every eighteen months. Well, and I can't imagine. I think to John, it's like people who don't like to fly, right? It's like yeah. I wouldn't mind going there, but fuck flying. Exactly. I'm not going to spend He's three like, weeks I'm on. I'm not Daedalus. spending three weeks on Daedalus. I'm just not doing it. I'm gonna freak out unless you can put me in suspended animation. I ain't doing it. Yeah. So he's saving that for something else better. Instead, John and Ronan are going camping on a beach to surf on a beach that's never been surfed before. Uh-huh. And I Sounds right. I love that because it's basically just Joe and Jason bonding in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beers. Surfing. Do you think um, I just forgot his name. Joe, Fla- Joe Flanagan. Flanagan has taught his bulldogs how to surf yet. I know for a fact that his bulldog serves. Yes. Uh, there is proof on Instagram. This last week, there was a whole Doggo surf surfs. competition of doggo surfers uh-huh. in like where I grew up. And it makes me sad if that you we have, aren't there for it. If you have not visited Joe Flanagan's Instagram, his dog, his dog is... Surfing doggos. It's such a good looking doggo. It's really cute to see them like ride a wave because mm-hmm. it's like this is serious business this is so serious and they're all they're always all business, protected business, business. in all of their like you yeah. know life jackets and things because you know they're doggos exactly business, but they're business, like business, business business i gotta ride these waves these this is raves. my job so john spots mckay and keller and wonders if mckay will ever make a move ronan who obviously has not shared his role in this former love triangle does not care and walks away pretends to not care obviously cares a lot secretly cares so much Oh, so much. So, so many. At said table, yes, you have 14 days on Earth. Yes, Keller really misses her dad. But McKay has an invite from a college buddy of his who's doing a secret presentation. And all the cool physics kids are going to be there. And he really wants her to go so he could, she can make him seem way cooler than he is. And this is the same issue Daniel has that they talked about when they were there. Their yeah. scientific communities don't get to know the cool shit they do. So yeah. all their colleagues just think they do nothing. They're just useless and they've not has been. Yeah. Sucks. They haven't published in almost a decade. You, yeah. When you work for the government, you don't really get to leave with a portfolio. No. <laughs> um, his friends can't call him because another galaxy and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which Keller gets. I'm pretty sure all of Atlantis gets. Yeah, she is also in this picture. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so McKay figures that if he shows up with some hot arm candy, all of his friends won't think he's a complete loser. Mm. At least he compliments her that way. He does. So one night of physics stuff, and then she can go back to Chippewa Falls, which I'm going to be honest, I always confuse Chippewa Falls with Frostbite Falls, which Frostbite Falls is from Rocky and Bullwinkle, and it's also Minnesota and not in Wisconsin, but I just don't ask questions. I didn't know there were so many falls. There's a lot of falls. Okay. Yeah. So she tries to get him to admit that he just wants to spend time with her and just ask her on a fancy date because she'll say yes. And finally, he asks her out. (laughs) She literally says, ask me out so I can say yes. That's what it takes for him. Take note, daters of men. That's what it takes. Yeah. Sometimes you have to tell. To be clear. Listen, ask them out. Or just be like, hey, you should ask me out because I want to say yes to going out with you. If that's really your move. It's your move. Do it. Or just ask them out. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I wanted you to, Rodney, will you go with me to a physics talk? Yeah. <laughs> they continue their just awkwardness yeah. for a while. No clue what the presentation is going to be out. Most likely it'll be someone's stolen work. But first-rate presentation, second-rate science, but food and company. So... You can't be eating free food. I'm here for free food, especially uh-huh. when you throw free champagne, like free drinks yeah. in with free food. Dude, I'm here now for it. I want it. some champagne. We can get some champagne. Champagne. Should we Should we have champagne for D&D tomorrow? We should champagne our D's and D's. So we get, do we go to Kramer Innovations Complex in the middle of Desert USA mm-hmm. uh, and Dave Foley as Tunny? Yeah. So... Kramer's the money man. Yep. All of Tunny's staff, some of Tunny's staff, there are people who think this demo tomorrow is batshit crazy. Yeah. And Tunny's like, look, they have cold feet. And references all the fears that showed up everywhere as the LHC was, you know, CERN was turning on the LHC. Yeah. Dave Foley, I know it's not his name, but Dave Foley has taken a I'm level. I'm just going to call him Foley. I'm just going to, I keep, I, eventually I will get it right. It's Malcolm, right? It's Malcolm Tunny. Yeah. Malcolm Tunny. Um, he has taken a level of gold arrogance. He's taken that as his feet. Yes. So it is very hard for him to admit that this is batshit crazy. And for those who don't know, the Large Hadron Collider, um, it's sort of, um, on the corner and the edge of like France and Switzerland. Uh It's, uh, 17 miles in circumference. Big, big, big tunnel, big circle. Uh, its first major collisions were in 2010. It took a while to build it. Yeah. Um, and has, you know, a history of major discoveries like the Higgs boson particle and shit. Yeah. Um, con- pop- contrary to fears, there is no mini black holes that are formed at the LHC. And really, they're just replicating things that happen consistently out in the universe, just in a controlled place where they can watch it real close. Got it. They can have cameras. But when cameras. it first happened, people were like, ah, if you do this, you're going to explode the universe. Yeah, people who did not understand you're the, going to make the a particle in the multiverse. physics. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they, that wasn't going to happen. My note said, compares it to a science thing I don't know, a parenthesis, Nixie. Yeah. So, thank so you. yeah, the LHC is the Large Hadron Collider. Um there's important shit that happens there all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, it's basically it's it's a it's a again seventeen mile circumference circle. Atom Smasher. It's an Atom Smasher. Yeah, and I know those because we grew up near Berkeley. Has yep. an Atom Smasher. Yes, yep, yep. we got to see it on the outside. 
Yeah. Well, this is underground. Oh, that's so cool. And it's big. And you can do really cool shit there. Yeah, 17 fucking miles is a lot of But, miles. like, when you calibrate it, like, it's it's been down for two times. It takes, like, multiple years to upgrade and, like, recalibrate it. Because oh. it's intense. Damn. It just started back up after its second major upgrade in, earlier this year. And a smasher. And a smasher. Um, so, all like that, Honey is, like... I mean, some catastrophe might happen, but it's all right. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. And yes, worst case scenarios are always terrifying because they're worst case scenarios. They're literally called worst. There's zero possibility for failure. Trust me. What he doesn't know is that sometimes they're barf case scenarios. They are barf case scenarios. Anyway, that's all. Also, famous last words. (laughs) So apparently Tunney sent a private jet to pick up McKay and Keller. Yes. Oh, credits. Those credits. I'm yeah, sorry. That's okay. Credits. credits. It's important. I need the credits every time. I put it in my notes every time. <laughs> dash, 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 Crush. dash. Credits. Dash, dash, <laughs> dash, dash. Um, I don't know if he specifically sent a private jet for everyone, Um, but no one really knows where they are in the desert. I imagine so that it has to be private jets. I would say private jets are at the very least some people got like limos and or, stuff or that are tinted. Yeah, they're yeah. carpooling. Or one private jet for multiple people down at a location. Maybe, yeah. It's possible that, you know, McKay may be the only one coming from fucking Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. Like out of Vegas, there was just a whole yeah, mess of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So they're... He, McKay's pretty sure he did this to rub it in a bit too, though. Um, there's champagne, strawberries, tuxes, fancy dresses. This is a to do. Oh, yeah. Also, did McKay pick his own tux? Because that is like a nice two tone stripe, black stripe. That I, I, I don't have, know if McKay has that much fashion sense. I think once he got through the asking Keller to go, maybe yeah. he was like, which of these should I wear? And then yeah, she, please dress me. Because she's got some pretty good taste. She does. Yeah. And when you like someone, I, I would say this from experience, <laughs> there is nothing more fun than helping them choose clothing because you're like, I like you and I think you look good in this, which is usually true that they do. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I had that experience early in my dating life with husband Jesse. Little did I know that never again would he wear anything nice in his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> he was purely um, doing it to impress me. Yes. Um. So, to Keller, like McKay hates every minute of this because uh-huh. to this he's bragging. Like this is shaming McKay as yeah. far as McKay is concerned. To Keller, this is a party, a private plane, and like Lux living. Like she questions how a physicist could afford this, but she's not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Like, yeah, this is this is a really nice view into the dynamic of what will become their relationship yes. <laughs> like grumpy crotchety man uh-huh um and you know live in a moment optimistic try to live see on the bright side of things other person yeah um who's slightly annoyed by it all yeah not familiar <laughs> to me at all in the slightest i don't know what i don't know why, what are, we in, why are we in this picture nope don't wanna uh so also i love the line that it's amazing what a great smile and a PowerPoint presentation will get you. 
Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So McKay explains why this hits hard with him. Mm-hmm. So McKay was always one step ahead of the bread line. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. One step ahead of Tunny. I mean, in in school and everything and in the beginning of their careers, and now everyone thinks that Tunny is ahead of McKay because naturally they don't know what McKay does. And why are we dressed fancy for a fucking physics talk? Yeah. Because he's making it a whole thing. Keller's like, listen, dude, this is our first date. Is this what it's going to be like the whole time? Yeah. Because it's day one back on Earth. We're in a fancy location. Can you not right now? Your date is wearing a a hot dress. Uh, Yeah. And like, you should be having a good time. I'm wearing Spanx for this. Exactly. Yeah, and he's like, "Yes, okay, you're right. I, I, I will try to make the best of it." But there is a photo of Tunny and the Dalai Lama on the plane as well, so that that's, part's a little much. That's gonna take some effort because it's like it's not. Is it his private plane, or oh. did he just have these installed in all the planes? Oh, I don't know. Yikes. Okay, I will get from the way that Tunny talks about McKay. I would get the idea that maybe other people got private planes, and like this one specifically is Tunny's. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is almost a little bit of a compliment. No. Almost. Not the way that Tony treats it. Well, that's what I mean, though. It's like the fact that he puts this much effort into trying to show up Rodney is a compliment to Rodney. This is true. See what I mean? Yeah. So they arrive and they head to the check-in desk and are handed the complete works of William Shakespeare to sign as an NDA. I I was like, I don't think my mortgage was that thick. No. No. Which McKay is absolutely not going to sign because this is a joke. And like the only way he's going to sign it is if there's Jurassic, if we're walking into Jurassic Park, are there dinosaurs behind here? Because that's the one way that I'm going to sign this and starts making this big scene. And Keller's like, sign the fucking paper. How much did McKay want it to be dinosaurs? A lot. A lot. A lot. Like all of the the Who when you're walking in, the only reason he would think maybe not dinosaurs because he was told it was a physics talk. But like... Who, if you're going Maybe to a we're secret... launching dinosaurs. Oh, we're launching dinosaurs to Wouldn't the Wouldn't that be cool? But, like, of course you want it to be Jurassic Park. Obviously not, because we've learned from the movies that nothing but bad things happens. But don't you seriously, secretly want to meet Mr. DNA? At that point, I think he was trying to manifest dinosaurs. He was. Yeah. Cocktail hour, and very quickly, both Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson spot him across the room. Oh, yes. And if you notice, behind them is the Carl Binder Memorial Theater. Oh, <laughs> I did not notice that. Um, clearly some bantering going on, assuming McKay was dead and that Keller must be his sister. Although when McKay introduces her, I will say, in this group, I would expect you to introduce her as Dr. Jennifer Keller. Yes. Thank you. Yes, because she's Dr. Jennifer Kellender and is, did I make this up, but isn't she also like a, a PhD doctor? I don't know if we know that. Okay. Because I feel like she did a shit ton of research. I could be full of shit. Anyway. I don't know if we know that. Absolutely introduce her as doctor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I, I love that between, between Neil and Bill, it's Neil who's like, I'm from television. <laughs> Yeah. And Keller has clearly never heard of she, him. Of either. She's like, listen, dorks. Listen, she, I, I will say, I think she would know who Bill is, but have no, like, like, starstruckness about it. Yeah. Just a bunch like, of nerds. Yes. Yeah. 
And McKay points out that Tyson has stolen many things from him, like women and theoretical physics ideas. Yikes. And uh, Tyson jokes that really, who here has not stolen an idea from the great Rodney McKay? That's an interesting legacy to have. Like, at what point do you, like, check yourself if you're if you're a McKay? Yeah. On that? Which I think this episode is a lot about. I think this episode is. Because it's like, even if it's true, dude, at some point, at what point are you just talking about yourself too much, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Bill, I will also say, though, that given, obviously, the arrogance that is running through this entire place. Oh, yes. I have a hunch that it was not, McKay may have not done that that many times. It may have been, like, a couple times, and then it got blown up into being all the time yeah they're definitely mean to each other this crew 100 percent. this environment of scientists bill explains to keller that back in the day when ever any brilliant person here had a new idea or paper mckay would swear that he was working on the same thing and just hadn't gotten to publish it and mckay rails that you know tyson uh uh you know He's just bumming because he downgraded Pluto from being a planet and then he made all the little kids cry. Yeah, at this point, he's just trying to like bite back. Yes. And he's like, oh, would you rather just hurt all the young children all the time? And Bill's like, look, Tyson, like, but it is way cooler to be the first of the Plutoids than be like a whole planet. And Keller just takes a drink and almost looks straight at the camera going like, I'm going to need more of this real soon. Um, Didn't they re planet pluto i will get to it in a second don't jump ahead sorry so again um the two mock mckay that he hasn't published a paper since flock of seagulls was popular yikes and mckay just wants to get to their seats i'm gonna give keller a pass here in that she was overwhelmed with what just happened yeah (laughs) i i can see that i would be too i'd be like i don't i don't want any of this I don't understand what's going on. I this is real strange. Is this how you and your friends communicate? Y'all I know. Suck. Yeah. yeah. They're mean to each other. Uh-huh. And as they leave, the other two can't possibly believe that McKay and Keller are dating and Bill might try and steal something else from McKay. Yeah. Let's talk about Pluto. Pluto. Yes. In 2006, the International Astronomical Union formally defined what is and is not a planet, and Pluto did not make the cut. The tiniest boy. So, discovered, formally discovered in 1930. Um, People had seen it before then, but it was 1930 that it was, like, confirmed and photographed, and, Mm -hmm. like, there is definitely a thing there. Pluto. It has an extremely eccentric orbit compared to the rest of our like regularly formally thought of planets the wiggliest tiniest boy uh, it actually sometimes is closer to the sun than neptune he likes it hot <laughs> and it hasn't even made one complete orbit around the sun since it was discovered the wiggliest tiniest hot boy moves slow its orbit is over 247 years jesus that's like when i take stormy on a walk in the morning mm-hmm. like you know my average mile walk is like 17 18 miles maybe. yeah uh, a minute yeah my stormy walks are 32 yep 32 minute miles yep um, it was named it was named actually by an eleven year old girl from England. Aww. Her suggestion was one of three names on the list. It was chosen unanimously and she got five pounds for it. Nice. Um, besides mythology, the guy who really kickstarted the search for Pluto um in like the early parts of the nineteen hundreds, unfortunately he died before it was confirmed. His name was Percival Lowell. So P L. 
which actually is also the symbol for the planet, is like PL combined. There is unfounded rumors that Pluto the dog was named after the planet. We don't know for sure. Well, but there's rumors it's that also, have it's persisted. a Roman god, right? Pluto. Uh, it's one god. I forget the. I forget if it's Roman or Greek. I'll be honest. I'm gonna guess Roman, but I don't. I'm too lazy to look it up. Okay, it's fine. Bye. I'll say Greek just to have the other side. Yay. of it. Um, there are other. The key is, is there are other objects in our solar system that we have found that are larger or more dense than Pluto. Oh. So in the years since, especially in the past 30 years, there have been more and more objects that are as large or almost as large as Pluto have been found. Some of them in our asteroid build belt, some of them in the Kuiper belt. The, so the asteroid belt is the one between Mars and Jupiter. Yes. Kuiper belt is like beyond Neptune and it's all of the shit that like is just also orbiting the solar yeah, system and wasn't junk. picked up from anything. Yeah. Um, and... Eris was discovered in 2005 and she is like, she's more massive. She's not size wise as big as Pluto, but she's more dense. Yeah. She's heavier. She's thick, thick, thick girl. So like, is that considered a 10th planet? Does she have a, a rotation around the sun? Yeah. Oh, well then yes. So in 2006, uh, the IAU decided there are three criteria to be a planet. Okay. The object must be in orbit around the sun. Mm-hmm. It must be massive enough to be rounded by its own gravity. Round. Round. And it must have cleared the neighborhood in its orbit. Which basically means that in its orbit around the sun, it has eaten and gathered and collected like a Katsum- oh, like Katsumari like Damashi. Yeah, 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 yeah. The little Katsumari ball, <laughs> it has collected <laughs> stuff in its orbit. We should have a Katsumari planet. I am here for it. <laughs> so the third one, Pluto doesn't hold to. Um, and there's other bodies in our solar system that meet the first two. So he doesn't vacuum up. Like he hasn't vacuumed up everything in his in his path. Oh, he's lazy. Um, and so the objects in our solar system that meet the first two are considered dwarf planets. So he's a dwarf planet. He's a dwarf planet. Okay. So now, even now, these definitions are not completely agreed on by the scientific community because. You know, if you go by those rules, you can possibly have some moons that are classified as planets and all these different things. GIF versus GIF. Exactly. It's GIF versus GIF. Okay. So it caused such a to-do in culture also that some states wouldn't pass resolutions declaring that Pluto will always be considered a planet in that state. We don't like change. We don't like education. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) So... They looked at the issues again in 2008 at a conference, and they still could not agree. We can all agree, though, that the term Plutoid will never happen. Stop <laughs> making Plutoid happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pluto is 17.7% the size of our moon. Say that one more time. It is 17.7% the size of our moon. The surface area of Pluto is the same as Russia. Holy shit, he's tiny. It's tiny. It's so tiny. It's a tiny boy. And it has a few moons. Sharon is the largest and the one most people think of. Sharon. But the fun fact is Sharon is actually so large compared to Pluto that they. it's less that Sharon orbits orbits pluto in the same way that our moon orbits the earth yeah it's more they orbit around each other they're dancing they're They're dancing dancing. so you know two 
two objects when they're when they're orbit each other or or one orbits the other yeah there's a there's a rotation point there's a center point yeah for earth the center point is just barely outside of our core so the earth does wobble a tiny bit but not that much considering the size difference between earth and the moon between pluto and sharon the point that they orbit is outside of Pluto. Yeah, because they're dancing. They're both holding hands. Yeah, and it's like where their hands meet is yep. where they're dancing. And it's outside of Pluto. So they kind of orbit around a point. What would it take for all of... Because it's like they're, they're, they're sort of all around... He's got a bunch of little junk around him he too, does. right? Mm-hmm. What would it take for all of that to come together? More mass. <sighs> Pluto would need so more mass. So he needs to be a Katamari to he become to be a planet. He needs to be a Katamari. Because if, if you think about it, or if... If Earth was larger, yeah. the moon where it's the moon would either collide with the Earth, right. or it would have to be further out in yeah. order to find that equilibrium, the balance space. point, yeah. personal space. Um, so um, there are smaller moons besides Sharon. These are like rocks; they're okay. tiny. There's um, Camberos. yeah. I mean, if Pluto itself is that big. It's like the the remember Mario Galaxy World. Yeah. It would be like that where yeah. you're standing on it and then you can yes. walk to the other side. So you have Carabas, Hydra, Styx, and Nyx. <sighs> I know two of those people. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that. So technically, to this day, Pluto is a dwarf planet and not a planet. <sighs> Pluto, just eat something, buddy. <laughs> You can grow bigger. Drink your, your milk. Take your vitamins. Take your vitamins. <laughs> Go play outside. Um, but in popular culture, and I honestly do not know what they're teaching in schools these days, but there is... <laughs> I've never felt more old. <laughs> I know. What are they teaching those youths these days? I have no one in the... I don't know anyone with even children in the oh. age group where they're learning sure, planets sure, sure, for the sure, first sure, time. Sure, sure. So we, someone we're, told me, we're gonna, I, yeah. I know there's like, it was a big to do when the Hayden Planetarium that Neil deGrasse Tyson runs put up a solar system and had eight planets. I also know some places that are still like Pluto's a planet with an asterisk next to it type thing. But like yeah. in, in circles, Pluto is a dwarf planet. He's just a little baby planet. We, we just don't talk about it. We still don't know what the exact rules of being a planet are, but all we know is Pluto the doesn't. The scientists are like, we don't talk about Pluto. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't talk about Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story of Pluto. Yay. I like that we're 50 minutes into this episode and we're just getting started. I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm also not sorry. You're not sorry. Back to Stargate. McKay and Keller are about to hear um, their lecture. McKay is starting to think that this was a bad idea because he's remembering that he doesn't really like any of these people. Keller's like, maybe they don't like you. You're all terrible. He's like, maybe I used to be a little abrasive. Mm. Used to be being the key word. I mean, physics is very competitive. Keller's like, no, I wouldn't know anything about a competitive field. Doctor at the top of her class. Who is doctory enough to work at Atlantis <laughs> med school? These people will literally cut you. I love how completely like devoid. Oblivious. Yes. 
So Keller unsuccessfully tries to introduce McKay to the word humble, which uh-huh. good luck. Just yeah. good luck. Yeah. Just climbing up it that hill. It just goes to show you what... Just running up that hill. Sorry. <laughs> what level of competition Keller must have existed in because she's on the other side of it. Yeah. She's like, I learned humility because I learned how to fucking survive this. I mean, also, she's from Wisconsin. Listen, I'm gonna give a lot of love to my Great Lakes people. We're oh, just fair. we're we're just like, let's just be friends and eat some poutine. It's way too cold to be arguing. There you go. Yeah. Fair. Um, so she reminds him that this is our first date, and I came to a fucking physics talk, and you've gotta give something yeah, here. This is not gonna work. She's she is very patient. Yes. He so, is very lucky to have this woman be his date. The show starts, and I mean Listen, I am I love Apple, but this shit is more over top of dramatic than an Apple keynote. It's it's like an Apple keynote mixed with like um every villain in every film yes. ever. Uh-huh. Mixed with the guy that tried to romance Sam yeah. in that alternate reality. <laughs> yes. It's bad times. They go on about global warming destroying the earth and how they have to act now. And Malcolm Tunney introduces himself while McKay tries to point out the insanity of talking about climate change but flying everyone here on private jets. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not. Also, I want to take a minute to um, appreciate the soundtrack. Yeah. The pan flutes. <laughs> I love pan The flutes. random flat pan flutes. Okay, that's all. Um, and the jokes are bad from the stage. I mean, listen, it takes a comic genius to to land bad jokes that well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and McKay and Keller are just snarking at each other because, of course. And then Tunney gets to the points of this all. He started combining different projects he had been working on and got funding from Craner Innovations. And mm-hmm. he has found a way to cool the planet in a safe and controlled way. And Keller tries to snark and McKay's like, no, no. Sh- 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 yeah, wait, this might actually be good. Yeah. The science is very complex, but basically found a way to make a massive hints, heat sink, his own design, of course, that pulls heat from the environment. Everyone's like, but where does the heat go? Yeah. And Tunney introduces Literally them. everyone thinks that. How did this not? Yeah. Anyway. And Tunney introduces them to the Tunney Space-Time Matter Bridge, which is, which is definitely, Nikkei definitely... Already has been here. Yes, we've been here. And we know this one. The consequences of it was bad times. And listen, Tunny just want he only wants to use the matter bridge to throw heat away. Just throw heat to a dumping ground because historically, just throwing things that we don't want or need someplace that we don't have to deal with it has never been at bad. the moment has never come back to bite us. It's never been bad. Wasn't there a Futurama episode about this, too? There's been everything episode about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen. It's the one throwing, where Nibbler finally talks to us, I think. Throwing throwing, throwing our shit away at a place that we don't see and don't care where it goes. What's up, Ocean? How you been, girl? We've never learned that lesson. Nope. No. And I don't know if we will. <laughs> um, and McKay, I get it. I would get upset as well. Mm-hmm. To demonstrate, Tunney has just placed a plasma grid around the place and will slowly draw heat from the facility and will cool it by 10 degrees. And McKay's like, this is a big nope. Yeah, base. please stop. Like, we're hearing that's bad. This, he's getting less and less quiet, which yeah. he's like, I can't just sit here anymore. And finally, he just calls out that this is a really bad idea. And Tony's like, well, we're not ready for the Q&A part of this, so just calm the fuck down, McKay. Bro. And he won't. 
He's like, let's, let's look at the data together because this could be extremely dangerous and you can't do this at our consent. And he goes, oh, no, I have your consent. It was in Remember that tomb you that you signed. everything? Yeah. Which, look, that no one could read that all before signing it. No, but they did sign it. So McKay has like, look, I've done research close to this, to which Tyson rolls his eyes. Yeah. And Tony doubts. I mean, do you have research you want to share? A paper? Anything you want to talk about? And n- no, because nothing he has he can share. Because again, you can't really build a portfolio when you work for the government. And he's stuck and he can't say anything. And like, do I give him credit for not breaking his other NDA here? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For not even saying something vague. I mean, he, he, I think he approaches it the best way. Like, he waits until they're in, like, private quarters yeah. and is, like, because I feel like you could explain that to yeah. the, uh, what is a group of people who tried to steal Woolsey from us? Oh, the, uh, the IOA. The, the IOA. Be like, look, this asshole was going to basically destroy the world. And I already had my research somehow. How do you get so, my research? was it you assholes? Yeah. Anyway. Um, so he sits down, Keller doesn't know what to do to help him, Mm -hmm. um, and they can't, like, they can't just say, top secret, I have top secret, just, I know things. This is tough, too, um, I keep seeing it from Keller's point of view, because she wants to be supportive of him, but she's also like, this isn't, you gotta stop, this isn't, we we can't do this right now. Yeah, we, this isn't shit we can play around with. Yeah. Um, and the demonstration gets started and Tunny wraps up his intro and they have hot cocoa waiting for people because it'll get cold. Famous, more Mm. famous last words. Yikes. Back in the lobby, McKay is looking through the handout that has the science in it and and McKay's suspicions are confirmed. This is absolutely based on his work and he has no clue how Tunny got it. Yeah. What's interesting is we don't find that out at the end of this episode, do we? Well, we, I think we essentially do when McKay guesses it in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So knowing he has to figure out what's going on, he tosses the handout into the trash and sneaks off behind the rope line into the hallway and Keller just makes sure no one's following them. Yeah, because, you know, that's what you do. And somehow that hallway leads directly to Tunney's office. It's the Tunney office hallway. It is. Mm-hmm. Where McKay will, well, Keller will stand watch while McKay simply hacks into his computer. Mm-hmm. Keller is not down for this, but whatever. Sometime later and a little cutout, a cardboard cutout of Tunney with a with the thermometer. Yes. Ticks down that they've dropped 10 degrees. Everyone claps. Tunny starts speeching that, you know, you can't credit something this large to just one man. Blah, blah, blah. Yikes. And one of the staffs comes over and pulls him aside and is like, um, so we can't turn it off. Yeah. The, it's the, the off won't off. As the temperature drops one more degree behind them. The, like when they turn it off and turn it on again doesn't work this, anymore yeah the cycle the system doesn't work panic yes in the control room kramer is already there and not happy when tunny arrives mm-hmm. who gets to work and just assumes that someone's been here and fucked with shit yeah um he can't shut down the power since the system generates its own power it's also a really dark place to go to assume that to prove you wrong people would endanger everyone yes like, fuck, dude. Do you really assume that of all of these people you invited here? Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think... Here's the thing. I don't think that that was 
I think that's a different motivation. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that was, oh, to prove me wrong, someone would fuck with it. Right. I think that was, I am so sure about my science that the only way it could fail is if if someone fucked with with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. So they can shut down the containment field because it is tied into the operation of the device. And as long as the matter bridges up, the containment field is up. So, yes, they are trapped in here as it gets colder until it's fixed or in, and it's just going to continue drawing heat from inside the building. Yeah. They've already dropped 10 degrees in 10 minutes. And in an hour, they're going to be below zero. That's probably not great. Um, and at least they've turned the heater on to try to counteract some of it. And remember those famous last words? Without a hitch? Yeah. I I like the idea, like, I get it, it's cold and people need to be warm, but I like the idea that we're dealing with all of this energy set, so they're like, let's just waste more energy in heating people. Yeah. It's like, how about don't turn anything on for a little bit? Well, I think the idea is that the the heater is not tied to the system at all. That's true. It's because the system is getting its own power. Yeah. So the heater's not tied to anything. So they're just hoping that maybe instead of falling a degree a minute, they'll fall a degree every minute and a half. Stave off the freezing. That's exactly That's what it is. Just fair. to give them more working time. That's fair. McKay and Keller are back in the lobby with Bill Nye, who is like, that shit was out of line. He's like, dude, he stole my work. Like, yeah. someone had to do something before the system was turned on. Mm-hmm. I mean, to Bill, it's like, you know, Tony was trying to give you an olive branch. Like, no one's heard of you for ages. He was trying to invite you to this thing and do a nice thing. And, and McKay's like, no, he was trying to... That's a gloat branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. And then the check-in guy comes in and it's like, Tony wants a word with you, too. Oh, boy. Uh, McKay's like, is, is the word I apologize? And mm-hmm. Bill's like, that's two words. <laughs> I'd be that person. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but this has nothing to do with apologizing. This is about trying to cast blame onto them. Oh yeah. Hey, Tony's like, I invited you here out of kindness. Most people, you've thought you've gone full Howard Hughes, <laughs> full Howard Hughes. Yeah. Pee in jars and shit. Okay. Kramer cuts to the chase. He wants to know what they did, and our duo is confused. We didn't do anything. Yeah. Tunny admits that they can't turn the device off, which, of course, McKay's like, I fucking told you yeah, to not I knew turn that it would on. Happen. Yeah. Kramer and Tunny are bad cop, good cop. Mm-hmm. Turns out Tunny has cameras in his office. Oh, yay. So they definitely have footage of McKay at the computer. And he's like, yeah, we did. We did that. <laughs> we weren't there long enough to do anything, but we were there. And admits that out of context, it looks very incriminating. I mean, it does. Yeah. There's really no way around that. 100%. Yes, it does. Um, McKay admits that they're looking for a paper he published about two years ago that was about a matter bridge. Yep. So he's like, uh, you haven't published it in like a decade. He goes, But I did though. Yeah. He goes, Let me let me see if I can take a stab at how this went down. And I think his reaction, this is exactly how it went oh, down. Yeah. You worked with the government, someone who trusted you sent you something, or you sent it on accident, either way. Uh, it was on a matter bridge, one that was shut down due to exotic particles. You figured out if you only used it to transfer energy, say heat, not exo- no exotic particles would happen, no bad side effects. Mm-hmm. So you stole the science, made a few tweaks so you're not directly copying it. 
and uh, completely dismissed the original author's warnings about how bad space-time bridges are. Yep. He goes, how close am I? Yeah. Kramer's like, that's impossible. And Tunny's face says otherwise. I'll give Tunny credit. He at least doesn't hold on to this forever. Oh, no. Once he's found out, he's like, he's like ah, yeah, fuck. that yeah. shit happens. Yeah. McKay admits that that was his work and he wrote that paper. And after a moment of processing, he Tunny admits to Kramer that these two can help. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them can help. Yeah. I mean, they both can help, but only one of In them probably ways. directly with the One science. of them can science edit. Yes. Uh, back in the control room, McKay announces that this is bad. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no sabotage here. These bridges are just fucking unpredictable. Yep. Um, so they did turn up the heat, but McKay is like, there's this other bad thing happening here. And notice that the bridge is not drawing consistently. Yes. It's wavering a bit. Yeah, it's doing weird chunks. It's not good, despite what Tunny tries to, like, however Tunny tries to color it. Like, this is all bad. It's like when your water pressure is weird and then the pipes jiggle. Yeah. Right? Like, the water's uh-huh. not coming evenly. Yeah, 100%. And then it's like, dunk, 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 because yep. it's freaking out. Yes. But Kate thinks so they can use that. And... They're thinking when that energy spike peaks, they can try to overload it and sort of crash the system. Um, and Tunny's like, I'm here for this idea. Yep. Destruction. Yep. Destroy the things. McKay figures that Tunny would like it because it was McKay's idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's really like stealing ideas. <laughs> In the lobby, it's cold. Everyone's starting to shiver. And I like that they have not actually Stephen Hawking. Yeah. It's like Stephen Hawking adjacent man. Yeah, because um, Stephen Hawking very smartly uh, uh, copywrote his own voice. That's awesome. I love that so much that he did that. It's fantastic. Um, and Stephen's like, I get it. It works. Shut it down. I'm freezing to my chair. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. And that's when a beam of freeze lightning shoots between them and hits another scientist who half Ooh. his body just instantly freezes over. That's not good. I'm assuming this is what Donnie's Ray of Frost looks like. That is kind of what it looks like. Yeah. Because it does uh, slow down your speed. Yep. Uh, like, I don't think it's quite as large to take out half of your body. No, that's... But it does take out a big chunk of you enough to slow you the fuck down. That is level 20 yeah, yeah, Donnie yeah, yeah, Ray yeah, yeah, of Frost. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's just a little baby Frost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Keller and Bill roll some medicine checks on mm-hmm. Half Frozen Guy. Uh, McKay and Tunny try to figure out what the fuck happens. Yep. It's so, they figured the matter bridge is irregularly drawing power. Yes. So when the bridge makes a sudden demand from the heat sink, it needs to draw power somewhere. And so, basically, it's drawing power from a single localized place inside the containment field. Humans, real warm. Yeah. Real warm. So it instantly pulls all the heat from things in its path. Yeah. And no one saw this coming. Hmm. Maybe someone saw this coming and we just chose to ignore it. Well, I don't know if McKay saw freeze lightning coming. No, but I feel like I wonder how close some of the assistants got who were like. Maybe. Because they had a lot of worst case scenarios planned. You know who probably would have seen this coming, though? Who? Rod. Rod. 
back when we dealt with the matter bridge and then oh, Rod came Oh my through. god, Rod would have seen it coming. Rod definitely would have Fuck seen it you, coming. Rod. Okay. I'm Jeannie back. probably also would have seen it coming. Jeannie too. probably in at home right now. <laughs> It's like is I, like watching spidey senses. Uh, she's like watching some Disney movie she's with the kid. Frozen. And she's like, ah, wait a minute. She's watching Frozen. Yeah. And she's about to go pull out the finger paints and like get all over the No, room what ha- what I feel happens, this is this is how it happened in my head. Like Jeannie's at home and and for some reason for some reason we're gonna watch Frozen. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I think the math equation comes to her, though, during the movie, yeah. and she finger paints it again, and she's like, freeze lightning! <laughs> freeze lightning's gonna happen. Um. So, yeah, they dub it freeze lightning. Keller admits to them that the guy's alive, but it's bad. Yeah. Tony's just hoping he signed his waiver. Jesus Christ. I feel like being frozen like that must be the equivalent of like being pinned between a rock and something because it's just like squishing your body. It's so it so hurts. It just. Yeah. Uh, Owie. The worst part is that this might be the first time someone's seen the, the freeze lightning. It could have been happening the whole time and it's going to continue and get more often. Go so freeze lightning, something, 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 something. Freeze, freeze lightning, lightning, go freeze, freeze lightning. lightning. So it's a fun twist on how they're going to problem solve this. Mm-hmm. In the control room, McKay's ready to call the SGC. He says just military, but let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, that would be my first call too. Like, somebody get Sam here, please. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get Sam's back on Earth? Yeah, I need, I need it. Can we... Sam. Bill Lee. I'll take a Bill Lee. Someone. Yeah. Uh, Kramer really doesn't. Is Teal available? (laughs) He'll just, he'll just stare down. Yeah. Yeah. Just stare down. No bridge. You close now. (laughs) Intimidate the bridge to close. (laughs) Kramer doesn't want to go to military yet, but Keller points out, lie, people die. Death. Death time. Even Tunny is like, Let's please. Can we? Can we call help? Yeah, this uh, money dude is a little, a little batshit. Thank God he turns up. He does turn, and right here he's like, "Look, I, he wanted to get the people out earlier, but mainly to save face, like more to save lives." Quite honestly, he wants to be able to continue this research because if the military is called, this whole project's over. Yeah, McKay's that's like the point. Yeah, that's what needs to happen. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm 100% sure, I believe, when Kramer says it's not about the money, it's about solving global warming. Is it, though? He just wants to be able to continue this research it's, for the It's money. about the money to solve the global warming yeah. and also the money part. Yeah. Um, but newsflash, you probably shouldn't at all continue this line of research. How is this not proving that? No. Yeah, th- probably don't come back to this for a while. Yeah. Because now this is the second time that two incredibly smart people have tried yeah. this and both times it's bad. Uh-huh. Um, Kramer knows McKay and Tunny can figure this out and he just walks away. Yikes. But McKay is fine with directly ignoring that and calling the SGC. Oh, Problem is cell phones don't work here with the containment field and they go to Tunny's office, the landline's dead because Kramer cut the line. Sounds right. Sounds about right. <sighs> This is why you always have to carry those global phones with you. You do. Mm-hmm. And McKay figures out they should get back. Well, let's just, it's at this point, we got to brute force the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Keller goes, there's a, this whole place is filled with real smart people. Literally a room full of geniuses. 
And I like that both men at the same time are like, that's debatable. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that she's the only one who thinks this way. Like, literally, if anyone in this room can solve this, if anyone in this earth can solve this, mm-hmm. it's the people in this room. Keller reminds them, humble. Yeah. Today's keyword is the humble. The magic word is humble. Back in the lobby, the three of them are finishing explaining the full explanation to the group, and yet even then, Tunney claims the name Freeze Lightning as his own. Of course he does. <laughs> they have to figure <laughs> out. How- Y'all gotta learn to play together. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there this at some point. This is a co-op game. <laughs> we'll get there at some point. Um, they have to figure out how to collapse the matter bridge or they're gonna freeze to death. Uh-huh. So someone asks why they can't just shut the field off and leave. It's tied into the system. Uh-huh. And also it's so cold out there. Releasing all of this this cold, it would be a sudden cold front and you know, mega storms. Yay. Also good. it would just continue drawing heat from then the whole planet. That's how the world ends. Yep. With a giant megastorm. I believe Robert Frost wrote about that. Mm-hmm. Some said the arrows would end in fire. Some say in ice. Some say the biggest storm. Um, Bill Nye just wants to Hulk smash it. McKay's like f- pretty condescendingly is like, thanks, mechanical engineer. That would create a tear in time space. Yeah. He's like, well, never mind then. Then we won't do that, will we? But at least he's pitching ideas. Exactly. Uh, freeze lightning then hits above their heads, and Keller reminds them that they're the best of the best, and if they work together, they can find a solution. Mm-hmm. Cut to, <laughs> yeah, multiple whiteboards and everyone arguing and debating spicy. with each other. The spicy ass scientist. Oh my god, that's my AKA, a spicy scientist. <laughs> um, Bill is working with McKay and Tunney, and there is a dig. Watch your correcting science guy, McKay. My degree is not honorary. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I understand Keller so hard in this moment. They're obviously just spending more time bickering each other than actual problem solving. McKay is just watching these people yell at each other. McKay is finally able to like drag over their heads. He's been doing research years ahead of everyone else has been dreaming of. Thank God we've got that cleared up, Rodney. <laughs> now let's solve the problem. Keller just yells at everyone who ignores her until she claps. She's like, this is fucking embarrassing, guys. Yeah, cut the fucking shit. You're behaving worse than sixth graders. This is the voice of a woman who has interned as a teacher before, <laughs> or has siblings, yes. or has been a camp counselor. Yes. Either way, she knows how to deal with children. She's like, you need to suck it up and get along. Yes. Um, Bill's like, look, it's just like I've always said, you know, people are more alike than they... He's shut like, up. shut up, die. Yeah. Get out of here, spicy. <laughs> Uh, all their lives are at stake and they need a solution fast. And you can see everyone's like heads are hung with shame. And McKay does raise his hand. Keller calls on him. <laughs> He's like, I have an idea. It just needs ironing out. And Keller's like, okay, w- work together. Figure it out together. Because we're better together. together. <laughs> so, <laughs> inside <laughs> joke. So they get to actual work now. Mm-hmm. And between Keller and Kramer, they know the problem's going to be solved eventually. Yeah. Um, Keller just hopes it's before someone dies. Yes. And Keller tells her how her Uncle George always hated the phrase, save the planet. Oh, yeah. Uncle George, man. After the story, I'm like, what a smart man. I know. Anyway. Because the 
the planet's gonna be here. Mm-hmm. The planet will be fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a livable rock. The planet will be here. She's doing all right. Yeah. The work Kramer is doing isn't about saving the planet. It's about saving lives. Yes. Which is fa- it's amazing. It's, it's about it's, saving the humans. It's great to to try to save billions of people, but it's no less noble to try to save a hundred. Yep. And we could use Kramer's help. We just need to get one phone call and help can be here. Mm-hmm. And he gets it. Yep. And he nods and they go to make a Keller, call. Keller, man, she's showing us all of the skills. Uh-huh. Rolling high in all of the things. Yes. So the two of them head down the stairs to wherever the main communication room is. But as they get there, freeze lightning. Yay, go freeze lightning. Something, 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 something. Freeze lightning, go freeze lightning. I'm gonna fuck up the world today, freeze lightning. So he kicks open the door. Like, the whole communication system has been frozen. I get the idea that this recently happened, and if they had gone to make this call beforehand, it would have been fine. Mm -hmm. In the control room, it is 36 degrees, so still just above freezing. Um, And they update the others on what happened as McKay thankfully gives Keller his jacket. Yeah. Kramer at least takes the blame for not making the call earlier. I'll give him that. He goes, that's on me, folks. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Uh, And while they're going on, Tunney shows McKay that the cold is affecting the containment emitters, and they're actually on the verge of failing. Which, no, Keller, that's not good. Yeah. They are in a desert. Yeah. Introducing that amount of sudden and very cold air will cause a vortex. And there's no way they could make it through that storm to get either people here or people out to safety. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how bad that was. Yeah, and the storm wouldn't let up either because the heat sink would just continue to draw heat. It would just keep growing on itself. Exactly. It's just going to keep pumping cold air into the storm. Yeah. So that's not good. Super do not want that to happen. Mm -hmm. Um. But McKay sees an opportunity in this. Yep. With the containment field dying a slow, painful death, maybe they can punch a cell phone signal out. There you go. Silver linings. Exactly. There's a spot where the emitters are a little weak. Tunny goes to head out there and Keller's like, nah, your brain is, this is your brain area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me the cell phone. I will go. I'm going to do this because I'm a badass bitch. Exactly. Like, I can't do this science let me go here um also she doesn't say this out loud but she knows i'm like i know way better people to call for this shit than you do yeah that's true (laughs) i think that's very much the unspoken part of she's like my people are gonna be more helpful than your people also me saying who i am will get me directly to people faster than your people 100 percent. so she whatever lines you think you have you do not have the red phone that i have she gets the phone, grabs a radio, and heads out. And Tunny is impressed as she leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's your sister, right, McKay? And is she signal? She is Christ. So McKay doesn't just doesn't even dignify that with a response. That's and they gross. get back to work. That's gross. It's super gross. Mm-hmm. It's super gross. Oh, it was... no, I was saying that too, but I was saying that's gross on McKay's part. Oh, yes. But it is gross also. It's gross on Tunny's part. Yeah. It was mildly gross when Bill and 
Tyson did it earlier, but you yeah. could tell it was still in that like just just yeah. I didn't like it. Also, she's not the like. Granted, there's probably not a lot of women here, but no. can we not do this? Like, yeah. whoa. I think this is a. I think this is a, a through line that may have not made it into the show if it was written ten years later. Yes. <laughs> or it'd away. be written differently, and we walk. And away. we walk away. Um. Bill thinks overwhelming the bridge so it collapses may still work, but they have to crank it up. It has to get colder, which would increase the freeze lightning. Also, the furnace just went out because they've been cranking it so hard for the past hour. It just gave up and died because it's, it's like, a hey, fuck you. It's a furnace in the desert. The fact that the building has a furnace. Exactly. Is impressive. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's used to. Working mildly at night sometimes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's used for those that one week a year where the deserts actually get very cold mm-hmm. at night and then exactly. never again. That's yeah. what I mean. That's it's, what, you know. it's night shift sometimes. How bad did that burning smell happen oh when they turned that on? Oh. If it's heating a place that large? Oh. Ugh. That weird burning hair smell? Uh-huh. So, um... The the three brains figure out their options. They can't shut it down. They can't just wait for the field to collapse. Can't because go over it. Can't go under that's it. That's how we get the movie Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And they're left with trying to overload it. It's super Ooh. dangerous, but they don't see any other we options. We gotta go through it. And so they get to work and kick everyone else who doesn't have to be here. McKay has important work to do. Mm-hmm. And you can see he's a little, a little stressed. Yep. So Keller gets to the quarter. Waves the Blackberry around to try to get a signal. Yikes. And when she does, she dials. Uh-huh. And who picks up? But Walter! Oh, of course he is. Poor Walter's just always on call. Yeah. That's his job. He lives there. Mm-hmm. I'm... I think he's happy, too. Here's the question. Is is Walter an automaton? <gasps> what if he's a replicator? I don't think he's a replicator. I think he's more like. Do you, remember, do you remember early season of SG One where they got duplicated into the automatons? Oh. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe Walter's an automaton. It would be a great use of that technology. I know. Maybe there's like four Walters. Maybe there is. That's why some of them are really weird, and some of them are very quiet, and some of them are very like. There's Does, the one Walter. Is Walter just identical triplets that all named Walter? I like that so much better. Because <laughs> there's the trolley Walter. They have different middle names. Uh huh. They're identical triplets. So listen, my dad and his brothers all have the same first name. Yes. And they go by their middles. Exactly. This would also make sense of why there was a slight like name issue. Remember, he didn't settle on Harriman until later. That's canon. Yeah. There are three Walters. There's three Walters because they each take one of the eight-hour shifts. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's, it's three identical siblings. Do you think they, they, they married identical sibling wives? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't see that far. But no, there's three. Maybe they just all share the same house. Yeah. No, they definitely live together. And people all think they're the same guy. Yes. And they thrive on that. They do. They are consistently taking each other's spots. 
Which means they also have top secret missions that nobody knows 100%. about. 100%. Like Landry, maybe. Dude, we have just cracked like a major... Walter. They're... Walter is identical triplets, all named Walter, different middle names. Walter, <laughs> we got you surrounded. <laughs> the Walters. Come out with your Walters up. I will watch an entire series Walters? of the Walters. And they all have twin beds <laughs> in one bedroom. Yeah, because they all sleep different times. Yeah. Because they're all, they're on three different shifts. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, you need your own bed. You need your own bed. But they're all in one room. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 This is, uh, we, this is... Uh, this is the major the major revelation of this episode. I I we can stop here. Exactly. I'm fine. Everything's fine. We, this the is end. the highest moment of this podcast. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Jeremiah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. So Walter picks up. Uh Keller dialed Landry's office and Keller needs to talk with Landry now. Yay. It's an emergency, but sadly on Walter's end, it's just static and no. garble. And Walter hangs up. Keller now has no service. Damn it. In the control room, it's just the three brains now. Figuring they don't need to warn anyone about the extra lightning or the extra cold because it may cause a panic and there's nowhere yeah, safe to move them. Cold. They're not gonna yeah. Yeah. There's no good. No good can happen. Now I admits that freeze lightning's a real shit name and McKay's like it was Tony's idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here they go. Freeze lightning takes out the entire food tr- table in the lobby. Damn it! Not the food. Not the. F- it's just. Fr- it's just frozen. This is where I would be mad, though. I'd I be like, God damn it! It's the one thing. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be mad. You know why? Because I would have a giant ass fucking plate that I hoarded already by now. Yes. And if you didn't, that's on you. It is. This is hundred percent on you. Look, if that. I am going to stress eat the shit in this situation. Yeah. At this point, I would have probably been like, I'm set for two There's days. There's no food left There's on that probably table. The cheese plate, gone. No, that's the first thing, gone. Yeah. Um, and it almost takes out the guys in the control room, and they can't shut it off yet because it hasn't collapsed the bridge yet. Yep. So Keller's just trying to get the signal again when freeze lightning strikes and blows no. the water pipe, starts to spray Keller in the hallway with water. And if Damn. you don't know this, Water, cold, and humans bad. don't mix well. Real bad. Real bad. If you've ever watched Titanic, <laughs> it's bedtimes. Or lived in cold. Oh, that one too. Yeah. So in the control room, they don't all agree with the risks here. Mm-hmm. I mean, in reality, Bill and Tunny aren't used to working in these type of high-risk situations. Yeah, this is where McKay shines. Exactly. Like, they see the the lightning strikes hitting all over, and they're like, is this too dangerous to continue? And, like, McKay's like, look, all that shit will melt once this is done. And the thing is, too, is McKay's come to understand that yeah, this is really fucking dangerous and we probably shouldn't, but the alternative is worse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Like, we have to keep pushing forward because they've already gone this far. They've invested yep. too much time in this and he is sure it will work. Yeah. There may be some consequences that happen beforehand. You're just in the darkest spot before you drop the ring in Mordor. Exactly. That's really what it is. 100%. Yeah. And that's when Tunny turns the whole you just, thing off. But, you know, Sheila just tied you up. Yep. Tunny turns it off, though, which pisses McKay off because this is going to work. It was peeking out. But Tunny's like, this is too dangerous. We have to think of something else. Well, they have to think of something fast because containment's about to fall. Uh Uh-huh. So Keller 
has realized she's stuck in this hall, both doors frozen shut, and radios McKay. She was not able to reach the SGC. The phone is soaked. It's not turning on and fills him in on what happened. Mm -hmm. Her body temperature is falling real fast. And Tunny goes to send security her way and she apologizes for not getting a call through. McKay admits they also didn't shut the system off. Yeah. They have this moment where they're just with each other on the radio. It's just poop. And Bill calls McKay over and they count down to the containment field falling. And outside we see the the heated air rush in and head up. Yeah. And the winds outside are already dangerous levels. Soon there's going to be tornadoes. Fun. Commercial. Yay. Break time. So we come back and we see a tornado pass by the camera. It's a giant. It is a. It's going ham. It is a solid twister level. I was going to say this is day after tomorrow meets twister. Yep. Meets Dante's P. I don't know. Every disaster movie. You name it. Here it is. Yeah. Um, inside McKay and Tunney work through the issue, trying to look at it in a new way. Okay, so the device powers itself. It takes some of the energy being transferred through the matter bridge and just siphons it off for its own use. Mm-hmm. So they've been trying to force so much power through it that it overloads. Yep. What if they starve it? Ooh, opposite times. They can stall it out so the generator doesn't get the power it needs. Yeah. Maybe, but the the heat sink could never draw that much power. So they need something else. What about a second matter bridge? The device was only rigged to power a single bridge, but if they add another one, it would overwhelm the system. Yeah. So McKay immediately starts to get to work. Uh, Tunney's like, do you know how hard it's going to be to configure the system to run two space-time bridges? Listen... This is Dr. Rodney McKay. Difficult yeah. takes a few seconds. Impossible, a few minutes. This is him literally regurgitating the words that John said to him. Yeah. I love it so much. It's 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 great because this again goes back into this theory that we've talked about a number of times with McKay. <laughs> there is a there's an ups truck. She's not happy about it. Okay, so this goes into a topic we've talked about a number of times with McKay that when McKay, when there is someone else who can be like the stable rock, McKay has the time and place to like get his freakouts out of the way. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It was. It was a. It was a ironing board. Okay, but. When someone else is that mentally stable, he has the space to be a little... He can be the one who's losing his shit. Yes. But if no one's doing it, then he's the one who keeps his shit together. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So it's great. And I even like Bill in the back looking up going like, really fucking dude? Like, chill out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill dies going hard. I... He's eating that. What is it called? He's chewing that scenery. Listen, I fucking love Bill Nye. Yeah, this is not a mystery. No, I. It makes me so happy. Yeah, he's yeah, he's going to town. Um, more tornadoes outside are like they're now. There's like three of them. They're picking up cars and shit. Uh huh. There's a couple cows. I'm sure happening soon. Cow. What's another cow? It's the same cow. Same cow. Got it. So Keller is just in the hallway filling with water. Yep. Cold, freezing. 
Yeah, calls, she's kind of screwed. She is real bad place. <laughs> calls out to McKay. Security hasn't gotten to her yet mm-hmm. because the freeze lightning has actually sealed off a whole bunch of doors around the place and Fuck. access ports. Yeah. And it makes sense because a lot of these doors had electronics to them. Yeah, so it's going towards those warm it's spots. It's going towards those warm spots. Damn it, electricity. I know. So they're having to go around the longer way and it's taking extra time. And meanwhile, it's getting harder and harder for Keller to stay awake because she's setting into hypothermia. Uh-huh. It's going to suck worse when you're a doctor and you know exactly how you're dying. Yes. <laughs> I'm dying right now and I know exactly what's happening and there's nothing I can do about nope. it. Yeah. So McKay looks at the map and realizes it's almost a straight shot from here to her. Yeah. And security can't make its way back because they're already frozen behind doors. So McKay's going to go get Keller. Tony's like, um, you being here is way more important. No, it's not. I love her bite. Yeah, essentially. Keller's going to die otherwise. Yeah. Tony's like, if the storm keeps up, we're all going to die. I'd rather all of them than her. I think it's Rodney's mind. Well, right now. he's like, you came to be a fucking genius. I gave you the plan. Be a, be a genius now. And empowers Tony to figure out his own shit. McKay yeah. did the hard part. Yeah, McKay being the leader, showing his humility, and doing all the things. Tony admits that McKay is smarter than him. He's like, I know, and he runs to go save Keller. I love you too. Gotta <laughs> go. Yeah. Um, Tony just turns to Bill and in a panic and he's like, well, he leaves when we need him most and like, all this is on me now and, and like, why is he putting, putting me in this situation and now I have to be the one to fix all this and Bill just stands up and slaps him. Yeah, good. Tell Again, me the man Bill Nye, No one's having more fun on this episode than Bill Nye. Bill Nye is like, can I slap him? Can I slap Dave Foley again? Between takes? Eating cheese? Hanging out? Oh, having the best time. I love Bill Nye. Yes. So McKay runs, stops to pick up an axe from a higher ho- fire hose box. Yeah. Straight up attacks the door with an axe. He goes full uh, uh, Jack in the shining. Yep, There's... I went full, here's Johnny, punching yeah. a hole through it. And inside you can see Keller is unconscious and on the ground in the water. And McKay just keeps going at that door. Fuck. So Tony thinks he's ready. He wants Bill Nye to check his math, and and Bill's like, "I've been doing it all along." Yeah, it's literally, I, I'm I love here. that. It's like, do you think I waited <laughs> for you to tell me to check your math? I too am a smart human, <laughs> bitch. I've been checking that math. I, math I got. Okay. Yeah. Mechanical engineer to me means math. Yeah. So tornadoes are still snaking outside. Mm-hmm. Keller gets through the door to Keller, and Bill yells at Tony to do it. Yeah. And he does. And a whole bunch of things explode. Yay. McKay gets Keller outside into the wet hallway. She's not breathing. That's not good. He starts CPR, begging for her to not be dead and to come back to him. And listen, there's one thing I remember very distinctly from the voyage of the Mimi. Mm-hmm. It's when, when someone has hypothermia, you get naked and share body heat. Do it. But I'm pretty sure you need a pulse first. Well, fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Just laying with a corpse otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. And that's a whole nother brand of science. Okay. Also, Voyage of the Mimi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would change that show dramatically. Yes. Yeah. In the control room, it worked. 
Sweet. Um, Bill shares uh, that the second space-time bridge overloaded the power supply and both have collapsed, and oh. Tenny realizes that they did it. Outside, the tornadoes collapse a little faster than they think they would, but that's fine. This is yeah. TV. Uh, McKay is CPRing, uh-huh. and finally she wakes up, coughs, sits up. She is very cold. Yeah. They have a moment. He's like, I saved you with a big axe. I really wish you were conscious. It's the coolest thing it I've was ever so, done. I was very cool and manly. Even and she Ronan ki- wouldn't have been that cool and manly. And she kisses him. Yep. And Keller admits that she loves him. Yeah. And she has for some time now and wanted him to know. And did you catch up on that callback reference? Was it... F- the same thing that she says in the video that he says in the video, yeah, yes, yeah, it's the same thing that McKay doesn't even yeah, remember yeah, yeah. saying That's what I meant on say. the video. Yeah. And then they continue making out a bit. Then maybe they share body heat. We don't know. I mean, eventually they will share some body heat. They will share body heat. I don't know if they did here. Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like she's too wet and gross. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't feel like sharing anything at this point. <laughs> Be like, please get me into some fresh dry clothes. Yeah, the fact that there's no dry clothes anywhere here is a little it's shocking. Shitty. Yeah, they're but they're back on the private jet, wrapped in blankets yeah. again. Somehow, here's the thing: she should be smart enough that like she should there should just be a blanket. Yeah, she should be smart enough to get the wet, cold clothes away from your skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Because at Either that, that point, or somebody dried her clothes and gave them back to her. No, mm, who knows? Mm-mm. Because at this point, you should you should be worried about your own core temperature and less about like you might be naked under this blanket. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> core temp outweighs naked. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So his at least his direct friends there no longer thinks that McKay is a complete washout. Good. Um. And Bill Nye is telling everyone that Tunny turned the device off. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Who cares? Keller's like, he literally was the person who turned the device off. But with McKay's idea. <laughs> and coding and plan. Literally, he just pushed the buttons. And she's like, does it even matter? And he's like, I'm sorry, but yes. Yeah. Like, look, I know humble and all that jazz, but like, I care. And like, and, and you should know that about and me. Yeah, I was going to say credit to McKay. Like, yeah. he's like, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I love you too, probably. <laughs> I w- there inherently parts of me will not change. No, if you cannot take this part, mm-hmm. this ain't gonna work, man. I'm going to care about credit. Yeah, I- sorry. Sometimes I am selfish and petty. The and, end. And Keller's like, then when you should quit the program and go private sector, so everyone can see your work. And he's like, well, I've actually been thinking about that. Mm. His contract is up in a year, and maybe it's time for him to move on. Oh, interesting. Keller's like, I don't believe you. No one on Atlantis loves their job more than you. I think he would leave the pri- to the go to the private sector, and then be immediately bored by the work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think would happen. And uh, you know, Keller points out that it's uh, um, it's just the two of them back here, mm-hmm. and waggles her eyebrows a bit. McKay quickly catches on, but is like, you were, um, you were dead a few hours ago. Literally, like, Keller, you (laughs) would tell any of your patients that you need to calm the fuck down. Let's not get blood moving quite that hard yet. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, It can wait. (laughs) But, 
But how often do you get to do it on a private plane? Yeah. How often do you get to join the Mile High Club on a private plane? Probably not often. Uh, you know, and uh, her point is it's either we either fuck or I just have to keep listening to you. How about how you save the day? I think that is really what it's about. She's <laughs> like, I can, I don't have the strength to listen to him babble on any further. Look at my boobs. <laughs> I actually identify it with this. McKay realizes yes. that this humble thing is actually a good hit with the ladies. Boom. And then they fuck. Fade to black. Fade to fuck. They have so many fucking. Yeah. Um. Here's my question. Yeah. Do those seats fold back like I recliners? I was wondering. Listen. Do they just go on the floor? I'm not are they going just to sitting on the chairs? That the mechanics. I didn't not. Wonder I think. About the I mechanics. think. I think it's just like someone sitting on a lap. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got a good like. Yeah, you got maneuvering grasping. range. Because yeah, it's been... not a couch. You can. No. You know. You can almost stand. <laughs> over the chair. I'm gonna stop. Okay. I am literally now picturing <laughs> the two actors, and that's creepy. <laughs> Next up! Next up is infection! Hell, don't do that. <laughs> we have four episodes left of Atlantis. I feel weird. Are you okay? Yes, it's okay. four. Okay. Um, this was really fun. Yes. Okay. I love this episode. I like and a I good, love fun guest stars Bill like that. Nye. Yeah. Um... Buckle up, because this was our last fun moment of the series. I don't like that. We're going to get real real here. I'm not saying it's... Okay, I will say this. There's other... We are not only... There's no lighthearted episodes. Yeah, I'm trying to... We are not... Okay, you know how like shows like this and like... like uh, We'll have sort of the... The, the ongoing plot episodes and then like the episode of the week episodes. Yeah. This isn't our last episode of the week episode. Okay. We have other ones of those. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but it is, this is the last fun times of, okay. the, of the series. Okay, find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. Find us on Facebook at <laughs> Snowflake Psych Terra. Email us at thisnowplacepsychterra at gmail.com. Rate us like us views wherever you get your podcast, patreon.com slash Okay, bye. Bye. bye.